Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. I'm also on YouTube, so if you want, go to YouTube, search DeHuff Uncensored, and again, hit that subscribe button. Today's podcast is presented to you by Superbook Sports, Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton, and Blake Street Tavern. Uh, a lot of stories I want to get to today. I got a lot of audio that I want to play for you. I went to Broncos training camp for the first time for me in a couple of years since, uh, you know, with COVID and then me leaving the fan, it's been kind of weird for me to get out there. And this year I, I talked to Nate Lundy over at Mile High Sports. I was just like, I really want to go out there and, you know, just kind of see what's going on with the team and, you know, really kind of help out wherever I can with Mile High Sports. I popped on with Danny Williams. He's on the Mile High Sports morning show over there. I think it's like Smile High Sports or Smile High Morning Show, something like that. But Danny is a very interesting guy. You, I would compare him, if you've never listened, he's on from, I believe, 9 to 10 on Mile High Sports. He's kind of like a coked out squirrel that has ADHD. And I love him. He's a good guy. Good guy. If I, man, that guy can run down the street really fast. You're like, holy crap. What? Huh? Where you at? I thought we were talking about this. But anyway, good guy. Also, I had a chance to catch up with the guys over at Altitude Sports Radio, Josh, Josh Dover. Josh Dover has the most beautiful hair in Denver media by far. It's very flowy, flowy, kind of almost Fabio, not l- that long. But you feel like somebody should be following him around with like a little fan. So it's constantly blowing. But uh, Josh Dover, he and I used to work together a long time ago. Good guy. Also uh, got a chance to hang out with uh, Scott Hastings, who was on this podcast not too long ago. Talked with Vic Lombardi. They're one of their co-hosts, Brett Kane. I never talked to Brett Kane. I need that's on my to do list. I feel like. Every time I see him, I just never know what to say to him. So he probably thinks I'm a major asshole, which he wouldn't be too far off, right? But I need to make it a point. I'm going back there in a couple of days. I got to make it a point to just fully introduce myself and talk to him because I feel like a dick. Like I talk to everybody else. I just haven't talked to him. So Brett, uh, I'm sure you're not listening, but maybe some of your, your fans are. Let them know I'm going to talk to him. We're going to have a talk. It's going to be good. Uh, maybe I'll hold his hand. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll embrace and have a hug. It'll be great. Can't wait. Also got a chance to joke around with former Denver Bronco tight end Nate Jackson and Chad Brown, obviously former Pittsburgh Steeler, Patriot, Seahawk, and just great guy. Uh, got a chance to talk with them, joking around with them. Andy Lindahl. Man, there's just so many great people that I get a chance to work with on a regular basis uh, when you go out to Broncos camp. it For the most part, everybody is just great out there. It, it's We're a big family. We all talk to each other. We share stories, battle stories, just like any other industry out there. She's like, can't believe what this guy did. Or did you hear about this? It's kind of gossipy. <laughs> We're kind of gossipy, and that's fine. I like hearing stories. I'm kind of out of the loop now that I'm I'm over here, but then I'm not out of the loop because a lot of people are still talking to me, sending me information about what's going on in different locations as far as Denver media goes. So it, it's neat. I got a chance to see Zach Bai, who's part of the Stokely and Zach show. Amazing show if you've never listened. 
You got to check him out on the fan. Zach and I embraced. We hugged, as, you know, we should. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I saw Brandon Stokely, former Denver Bronco wide receiver. Worked with him for a few years over at the fan. Good guy, I thought. Good guy, I thought. But he walks right in front of me. He's like maybe a foot or two away. And I say, hey, how's it going? And he just looks at me. Doesn't say, doesn't say a word. Just like, hey, eh, eh. Just like kind of grunts. And he walked. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like, he just blew me off. And I'm talking to Kevin Kistner, who another guy that I, uh, I used to work with. I'm like, dude, Kevin, he, he just blew me off. And he's, he just starts laughing. And then uh, Stoke does it again. He walks by. I say, hey, doesn't say a fucking word to me. And then he comes by again. And I was like, really? And then he does a double take. And he's like, oh, my God. Oh, like I caught him red handed. He, he was caught red handed. Big timing me. Disgrace. What a disgrace. Sure, you know, I'm not a former athlete, but Jesus, man, we shared so much together. I make fun of you and, uh, you know, you profit off of it, Stokely. Listen, I've made your career. People didn't know who you were. Sure, you caught touchdowns from Peyton Manning, your best friend. But me making fun of you and saying that I'm hotter than a red pepper. I'm a raging Cajun. That really skyrocketed your career. But it was funny, uh, Stokely, he, he was embarrassed. He, he couldn't, he didn't recognize me because I have a full beard. And uh, well, anyway, I did a walk and talk with him. And I'm going to play you that audio right here because it was funny. Uh, he has a great sense of humor and he felt like an asshole for doing what he did. And here's the audio. Hey, everybody, I'm with my best friend, <laughs> Brandon Stokely. Hey, how you, you doing, you, Scott? Dude, this guy hey. just big timed me on the sidelines. I did. I, no, I actually did. Uh, I did, but I I didn't recognize you. I don't know what it is. I don't know if you got uh, more muscle. No, you look a little bit bigger. I, not no more muscle. It's definitely not more muscle. I don't know. Just you've been eating well. You've been eating I, well. I don't I, know what it is. I, I refuse like, to skip a meal. Right. I I, I I have noticed, and that's why I didn't recognize you. And then I walked by you for the second time. Second and I time. looked, and you had your shirt on, the huff and center. I said. Who else would be wearing a DeHuff uncensored shirt except for Scott DeHuff? And I double right. took and I was like, or double take, hey. whatever. And I said, there double he took. is, buddy. Oh, that's the, there that's he the is. Cajun lingo. Double took. Double took, man. Double took it. Double took it. I said, there's Scott. <laughs> I felt so bad. I looked at you He's like three or jerk. four times. You I never said hi. Yeah, he uh, seriously sorry, looked buddy. at me. He's like, peasant. <laughs> <laughs> You're not Peyton. All right, brother. Get Peyton. Good. Uh, thank you so much to Brandon Stokely for joining the podcast. Now I can say he's a contributor to the podcast. <laughs> I tricked you so much, Brandon Stokely. <laughs> Fool. Anyways, yeah, Stokely, he felt bad. He felt like such a dick. But it's one of those things where guys like him, the, he, he, being a former Denver Bronco, being a best friend of Peyton Manning, and being on a successful afternoon radio show, he gets a lot of people that are like, hey, I want to talk to you. I think you're awesome. I think you're great. And he, I think he was just like, come on, enough already. Okay, enough. I will not get you a meeting with Peyton Manning. That's probably what he thought was going to happen. But no, it was just me. And it was funny. He felt like a jerk. <laughs> and it was great. So, And then, of course, as I'm doing the video, Zach by. His co-host is is 
you know, clowning around in the background. Richie Carney, the assistant program director over at the fan, started rubbing my beard. And I'm like, I didn't give you permission to touch me, Richie. Okay? Maybe later. Okay? Gosh. Anyway, and it was and then Eric Goodman of Mile High Sports is just like peeking. It was just like like a big cluster of just goofiness. It was funny. If you want to see the video, I'll have it up here on the YouTube um, part of this podcast, as well as you can check it out on my social media channels. It was fun. It, it, there was a lot going on at Broncos camp. I saw John Elway at Broncos camp, and I, I think I was the only one that took a picture of John Elway walking out onto the field. I was just like, this, this is a Duke, man. John Elway is the man. And it's funny because... I feel like John Elway and I are becoming best friends. He might not know it, but I feel like this is happening. I'll tell you why. I take a picture of John Elway, and I say, the Duke is here at Broncos camp. And then, you know, hashtag Broncos, Broncos country, all that crap. He liked it. He liked my post. That means we're on our way to being best buds. Now, I'll give you a little history to add on to this. When I was seven years old, I went to my very first Broncos training camp up in Greeley. So right around 1986, Jesus, a long time ago, I saw John Elway through a giant crowd of fans as he was signing autographs. Okay? We, that's the start of our connection. Fast forward, I don't know, however many years Maybe about 10 years ago from now, maybe a little bit longer than that. I'm at Broncos training camp, set up. I'm working, talking with uh, Scott Hastings and Alfred Williams. Next thing I know, God, I get a little emotional when I talk about this. Next thing I know, John Elway walks up right behind me, starts rubbing my shoulders, and he pats me in the back, and he's like, what's up, DeHuff? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Guys, it's going to be hard for me to walk for a while. Uh, no, all joking aside, I was like, that was one of the coolest moments as a Bronco fan. Now, obviously, I kept it cool, kept it cool, did a minor squeal <laughs> uh, when he did that. But he was just being cool and nice and whatever. He was in a good mood. And... He probably read my my credentials, so he had no idea who I actually was. But I thought that was one of the coolest things. As a Bronco fan, I'm like, dude, I loved watching John Elway. And I just really thought it was cool like how hard he could throw the football and accurately. And the, have, do you guys ever remember hearing about the Elway cross? Like he would throw it so hard that guys after the game would have little crosses from the football hitting their chest. And you just when you look at a front of a football, there's there's four um, panels on a, on a football, basically. So when it would hit somebody's chest, when they catch it, it would leave like an imprint, like a little bruise. So crazy. I just thought that was cool. I would love if, if I could ever do it, if I ever get an opportunity, it could be just one time. I would love to try to catch a football from John Elway. I don't care about anybody else. Maybe maybe Peyton, although Peyton might break my fingers because he throws those uh, goose eggs all the time. <laughs> like, wow, it's a wounded duck. 
everybody get out of the way. <laughs> Just kidding. Peyton, Peyton can still sling it, I'm sure. But a dream of mine would be to have to be able to catch, at least attempt to catch a football from John Elway. I mean, I just think that would be neat. I've played catch with uh, like people like Brandon Stokely. I've thrown him the ball a few times and a few guys, like random guys like that. Not not to call Stokely random, but to to actually try to catch a football with from John Elway, to me, that would just be, I'd geek out. I would geek out. And I would immediately call my brother in Australia and be like, OMG, guess what just happened? I just got, I just broke all my fingers because John Elway threw me the ball. Apparently, he can still sling it. <laughs> anyway, um, I can't do anything for a month because <laughs> I broke my fingers. Ooh, that's a good point. I prob- Me, personally, I probably would break my fingers. I probably would. But anyway, I, it was cool to see Elway out there. And yes, I did get a little... A little giggly when I saw that he liked my post, and I'm sure he was just sympathy because only a few people liked it. So he's just like, I'll be nice to this guy, whoever he is. Anyway, quick takeaway from Broncos camp. It was great to see KJ Hamler out there. He He's coming back on the field after uh, extensive injuries. And, you know, but the one thing that really kind of concerned me, and not very many people were talking about this, is that he's still, as of right now, wearing a knee brace. And it may come off every now and then, but what we really need to be focusing on is, is that knee brace going to be on once the season starts? Because that's going to stifle his his big gift, his gift. His gift is speed and quickness. You subtract that, I mean, what do you got? He's not so special anymore. He's still probably really fast. Don't get me wrong. K.J. Hamler with a knee brace could smoke a lot of guys in the NFL, but he's not as fast, and that's concerning. If he has a knee brace on, it's going to hinder his mobility. It's going to make it so he's not as quick, not as fast, and you know that's kind of troubling to me. So hopefully... Hopefully, we'll you know that will come off. So we'll we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, if you see that pop on, like like he could take it off, and then next thing you know, it goes back on. So that's that that will be a little bit concerning, and realize that the the injury isn't fully healed. Um, Russell Wilson was addressing the fans last week once ca- uh, camp started, and I thought it was a really neat thing, and I want to play this this video, this audio of Russell Wilson addressing the crowd at Broncos training camp. And we'll, we'll react to it on the other side. What's happening? Y'all ready? Honestly, to be here playing for you guys, playing for the Denver Broncos, what a gift. I would say, you know, uh, playing the game, playing the quarterback position is the greatest gift in the world. Especially um, being a part of being with these guys and, this championship football team we got behind us. We can do it, so we're excited about it. Uh, we want to thank you guys. We want to thank you guys for coming out. Obviously, it means so much to us just to be able to celebrate practice and show you guys how hard we're working to go win the Super Bowl. That's the plan to go win the Super Bowl. That's what we got to do. And, uh, it's going to take a lot of hard work. It's going to take you guys standing up, being loud as possible. Even today, you guys are preparing us for something greater. And uh, let's know that. We're really grateful for that. And uh, it's an honor to be here. And I gotta get a, I gotta get a, you know, Broncos country, let's ride. Yeah. Yeah. 
more time. The Broncos country, let's ride. Ready? One, two, three. Broncos country, let's ride. All right, I'll see you guys. Let's go. <laughs> uh, one critique, Russell. That's a little wordy. Broncos country, let's ride. You're trying to get all these people that haven't really had a chance to uh, prepare for this to say all that Broncos country let's ride. That's a lot. So what he could have said and should have said is said, I'm going to say Broncos country. And then you guys say, let's ride. And then he does it. Then it would have sounded great. Russell, it's a little concerning. That's my big concern with Russell is he doesn't know really how to manage a crowd. I'm kidding, obviously, but it was uh, good to see him address and take control of a situation. I think that what he did was very impactful for the fans. Uh, uh, a, a, a leadership-hungry fan base because they haven't really had it. They haven't had... We haven't had faith in the quarterback position since Peyton Manning left. So the fact that Russell went out there and he had an opportunity to say, hey, guys, the fans are right here. A lot of the fans, not all of them, but a a good chunk are right here. So I want to address something with them. And it was very simple, but I, but I appreciated it. And it was, it was a good thing. And yeah, he says that, you know, the, the goal is the Super Bowl as it should be. And I don't like it when people are like, they knock on a player for saying we're going to the Super Bowl. That that should always be your goal as a player, as a coach, is to be the best. Whatever your job is, if your goal is to just get by and get a paycheck, well, then you shouldn't be there. If your goal is to be the best at whatever your job is, that then you're doing doing things right. You may not always be the best, but if, fuck, man, you're putting it all out there and you're giving it your all and you're, you know, trying all that shit. I just said the same thing like over and over again. <laughs> but at least you're out there putting it out there and you're trying to be the best. Shit, yeah, there's going to be other people that are better than you. But shit, man, at least you're out there fucking giving it all. So I appreciate that he's out there. Uh, it is a good vibe out there at Broncos training camp. It's not the same vibe as when the Broncos got Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning's on a different level. He's a different cat. And uh, I was listening to Brandon Stokely. There, there was a point where Russell stopped practice real quick because he didn't like how the offense was uh, did something, and he had the the receiver rerun a route and redo things. He didn't completely shut down practice because they do things in like periods. And that that was a cool thing that he did. But to compare it to Peyton Manning, he would be, if he didn't like how practice was going, he would just make them redo the entire team, including the defense, redo the period. The period could be done with and be like, no, screw it. I'm taking control of this shit. You know, fuck you, coaches. <laughs> this is how we're doing it. If you want to be the best, you got to put in the best effort. Pretty simple. And so there's slight similarities, but not as aggressive of similarities. So that's something to take note. I know we want it to be exactly like with Peyton taking over. He's a different guy. He's a different leader, but he is a leader, and that's what's important. 
He takes control of situations. He's calm. He's cool. That's good. He doesn't freak out. There was a lot of times in practice that I was there. He was under-throwing on the deep ball. So that's something, hopefully, that as they get into the rhythm with the receivers, that that, that gets fixed. But I, I'm not concerned about anything. But we just need to realize this is a new scheme. This is new everything. Um, there's a lot of excitement, but we can't. It's not apples to apples. It, he's not Peyton Manny. He's he's a different cat. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this season plays out. You got more uh, stories coming up your up here in a second, but first. Summer is here, and there's no better time to make your first bet with Superbook Sports, along with its usual vast betting menu. Superbook already has a lineup for every pro football game this fall. Plus, when you make your first deposit on the Superbook app or sign up at Superbook.com, they're going to match 100% of your money up to $500. It's never too early to start thinking about football at Superbook Sports. So place your bet and start winning today. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. This is Chris Fusley, owner of the Blake Street Tavern. This isn't your father's TV, sports fans. At the Blake Street Tavern, our bear garden comes fully equipped with beer, duh, award-winning food, and a ridiculous 6 by 10 foot TV. It's the Blake Street Tavern, where Denver watches sports. So, Chef Gordon Ramsay, he's my favorite chef. (laughs) He's my favorite chef because, one, he's good, and two, he just, he talks like a normal person. Drops the F-bomb, calls people fucking donkeys, or you're dumber than a sandwich. <laughs> Shit like that. He's just funny. But he's legit. And I, I respect, as somebody that worked in, even though I worked in fast food, I did not do full service. That shit is very difficult. If you work in full service or ever worked in full service, I tip my hat to you because you guys bust your butt. And quick service is one thing, but full service is another. It's they're two different entities, but I I respect the shit out of what he does. His recipes that they all look amazing, amazing. And he strives for perfection. That being said, he's coming under a lot of criticism for a TikTok video. I believe he did it last week, but it's him. He's on a farm and I believe it's lambs that he's kind of He's kind of interacting with some lambs. And it's funny because people just are freaking out over this. I don't see what the big deal is. Here's Hopefully this transitions well to audio, but if you're on YouTube, you'll be able to see the video as well. He's sneaking up on the, the lambs into the pen. Yummy, yum, 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 yum. Yummy, yum, 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 yum. Which one's going in the oven first? <laughs> you. Mmm. <laughs> now he's sneaking oven up on him. Oven time. <laughs> oven time. <laughs> Listen, it's not that big of a deal. It's kind of funny. People are saying he's disgusting for this, a disgrace, blah, 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 you name it. And it's not all vegans that are saying that because I could understand vegans because they're, they're totally against, you know, eating animals. And I, I guess I get that. That's fine. But there's a lot of people that are like, listen, I like meat, but this is disgusting. You shouldn't be doing that. 
Then other people are joking around and be like, Gordon, don't play with your food. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. But a lot of these people throwing hate at Gordon, I guarantee you, they earlier, prior to writing that, had a nice breakfast full of scrambled egg fetuses. Right? Yeah, how do those taste? Delicious. Okay? Should we all pretend we forget where meat, poultry, milk, cheese, yogurt, all that shit comes from? Are we all going to forget about that? Come on. We are way too sensitive, way too soft as a society. Everything hurts your feelings. Who fucking cares? My father-in-law has cows on his farm, and they give them names like Carl's Jr., or Wendy's, not Wendy's, uh, but you know what I'm saying, like Burger King or the Whopper, stuff like that. Why? Because you fucking eat them. That's what happens, okay? Animals are raised, and they get ate, uh, you know, except for dogs and cats. But you see what I'm saying here, right? Quit being so sensitive. You're the ones with the problem. There's a TikToker. And, and yes, I do watch a lot of TikTok because you fall down this rabbit hole. There's this guy, he will, and I need to get his follow name, uh, his username, so you guys can follow him. Follow name, what the fuck? It's funny because it's a great example of how we get offended for other people. And don't ever take the time to talk to the other people who we feel like we're defending. So this guy will dress up as he wore a traditional, kind, somewhat stereotypical, um, like if you were working in a, a, a rice field in China or something like that, or in that area of the world. And this guy's wearing that, plus a traditional wardrobe, uh, but according to some people, stereotypical. So he goes around with wearing this. He's a white dude. And he goes around asking people in the United States, uh, is, does this costume offend you? And, he, and they're like, yes, that's very offensive. You should be ashamed of yourself, blah, blah, blah. And everybody in the United States was just like offended by it. They're like, you're fucked up. You're a piece of shit. Then he goes to Chinatown wearing the same outfit. And he's like, do you like my, cost, my, my outfit? And they're like, he asks like 20 people, and they all say the same thing. Yeah, you look very good. Does this outfit offend you? No, not at all. You look good. I like it. We're the ones getting offended by it, and it's not even us. And he, he'll do that for different things, and, it, and I need to get that for you so you can watch it. But we get offended when we have no need to be offended. It's ridiculous. We're very soft as a society. You saw that Lizzo change out the word spaz in her song, uh, Girls, spelled G-R-R-L-S. <laughs> I guess I'm pronouncing it right. For that, She took out the word spaz because it was offensive. Because somebody that could be disabled and uh, doesn't have the ability to control if they, quote-unquote, spaz out, move uh, uncontrollably, they, they could be offensive, uh, uh, offended by the word spaz. Here's the definition of spaz. You lose physical or emotional control. That's it. That can be anybody. Beyonce just came out. Beyonce. She's won 28 Grammys. 
She's freaking very successful. Awesome. She's getting criticized for using the word spaz and spazzing in the song, I believe it's Heated, co-written by Drake. So somebody complained, I believe the same people that complained about the Lizzo song, and she's now changing the lyrics, removing it out of the, the album that she just released. It's a little ridiculous, guys. I get it. Now, if she was saying spaz like I have Tourette syndrome or I'm spazzing like, you know, I got epilepsy or something like that, that would be fucked up. And I'd be like, yeah, change that shit. Change it. That's disgusting. You should be embarrassed. But no, they're just like, I'm going to spaz out on you or something like that. Listen, you're reading too much into it. I could pull the same fucking hissy fit. And I listen, I get it. Some people are disabled. That's I get it. But you can't sit there and say everything is about me because it's not. When you listen to the lyrics, it's not about you. It's not making fun of anybody disabled. You're making it that way. You're the one causing the problem in this situation. Stop. It's not. I, it just drives me nuts. Stop it, please. My God, it is hard to have any sort of conversation with people because everybody gets offended. Look at that Karen at the pool the other day where she was, uh, what I was telling you, she was offended that allegedly either my son or her son said that a woman was attractive or hot. She didn't even consider the feelings of the woman in the situation. She was the one that was felt attacked, even though it wasn't addressed towards her. How does that make sense? God, man, we it's it's a bit ridiculous, guys. It, it it's hard. And I stand up comedians, I applaud you. I don't know how the fuck you do it. I I need to get some uh, stand up comedians on here and, and talk to them about that because it, it, it's ridiculous. I I don't know how you handle that as a comedian because everybody's offended by everything, and they're not really listening to the words that are actually being said. And they're just making it way too personal, regardless if, if it's about them. In this situation, with the with the Lizzo and the Beyonce thing, I did read that there was at least one girl that was she. I can't remember what uh, what she suffered from, but she felt it was a personal attack on her and other individuals that were disabled. So in that situation, she was disabled, but she felt that the song that word was addressing people like her. And while it sucks that you have what you have, I, I get it. But it's just like, that's not what the word means. And you're just adding on to that. We're going to be so over-censored in, in our lives that it's, you can't say anything. And it, it's hard. It's hard to, for me, I'm doing this podcast. I'm uncensored. Guess what? I say things that I feel that are true, but it's just like, I'm, I'm, guaranteeing you there's a lot of people that get offended by what I say. And you know what? Life's too short to be offended by everything. Quit. Jesus. Spaz. Really. Spaz is losing physical or emotional control. That's it. We all do it. Look at me right now. I'm spazzing. Okay? Fuck. It's not a knock on anybody that's disabled. Jesus. Do, am I going to start throw, you know, 
getting offended by people that use the word asshole in songs because <laughs> it's an attack on me because I'm an asshole? Is that what's going to happen? Is that what I need to do? Guys, seriously, stop and think for a second. Life's not all about you. The word spaz is literally somebody or some, something is the expression of somebody losing physical or emotional control. That's it. And that can be a variety of things. My hand spazzes out a lot of times, especially when I used to work at the radio station, always being on a mouse and stuff. My hands would always uh, spaz out, like twitch and shit. Okay? I'm not offended by this shit. I know there's a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll get random twitches all the time in my life. Now, is this a, a, a debilitating disease? No, it's not. Listen, that's beside the point. All this shit, guys, we're too soft. Gordon Ramsay did nothing wrong. He's talk, He's saying the truth. This is where our food comes from, people. They start off cute and fuzzy, and guess what? They end up in my tummy, okay? That's how it goes. That's life. That is the reality we live in. We raise animals. We eat them as far as farm animals go, right? God, <laughs> so ridiculous. What else, is, what else are we going to start getting offended about? Let me know, thehuffuncensored at gmail.com. What else should, do you expect people to get offended by? Man, ridiculous. Potatoes. You start getting mad at uh, potato chips because somebody's like, ooh, those look delicious. Oh, you know that came from the ground, right? That grew in the ground. Now you're like, oh, you are disgusting saying how much you want to eat those potato chips and those potatoes. It's like, fuck off. God, people. Just drives me nuts. You go on and on and on about this. It's not all about you. It's not. Now, the word spaz is not a nasty word. It's not. In the context that it was used, it is not. If Lizzo or Beyonce said, um, you're spazzing like somebody with blah, blah, blah disease, then that would be fucked up. Okay? I think we can all agree on that. That's not how it was used. So stop. I know everybody wants to be a victim nowadays. Stop. You're crying wolf over everything. And eventually, it just becomes numb. And we don't give a shit anymore. You guys are, are ruining it for everybody. Fuck. I wonder how many hate emails I'll get for this one. <laughs> like, oh, you're such a jerk. Yeah, but don't spaz out on me in the, your email. <laughs> you fucking dicks. Again, if you want to send me an email, go ahead and do so. If you disagree with my point of view, that's fine. I get it. If you agree with me, that's fine. I get it too. To huffuncensored at gmail.com. Uh, Jordan Peele is one of my favorite people in Hollywood. Obviously, he was with Key and Peele, that, that show, which is just a comical masterpiece. Every episode is just beautifully done. I love Key and Peele. I love both of those guys. But Jordan Peele has moved into the movie development area. He, he's a, I believe, a director, producer, all this shit. And, and he's just good. And he just fucking gets it. And 
here's Jordan talking with the American Film Institute on how horror movies should be laid out. Terror is the one, right? You can look at look at Blair Witch. That's one of my, the 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 scariest films of all time. Nothing no gore in it. Nothing fucking happens. There's one little. There's a couple. Of, there's a, it's all tension. It's all build, set up, set yeah. up, set up. And so it all feeds to this thing that with horror, the scariest thing that you can put an audience through is allow their imagination to go crazy. And in fact, you can, you can have a movie where nothing happens if the audience knows we're headed somewhere and they're trying to figure out where that is. Um, that's how you get you know, the Rosemary's Babies. You get um, paranormal activity. And um, I think quite often what happens in a horror film uh, in many horror films that maybe work less for me, is like the, the second you see the monster, it's like, ah, okay. Yeah, that's kind of, that's lamer than what I thought the monster was going to look like. Okay, well, all right, it's sweet, we'll deal with it. But, you know, it's, it's the Jaws rule, right? You don't, don't show that monster until late. Exactly, exactly. And I, I agree with him on that because... There are your imagination just runs wild. Be like, what the fuck is this? What is that movie? And they kind of went away with it in the second movie. That one, um, where they don't talk. Whatever. I don't know. I don't remember what it's called. But you get my point. Is like you don't see the. You see a flash of what the villain is, or or the, the, the bad guy, the whatever you want to say it, the creature, you get a flash of it, and you're like, oh, what the fuck was that? And then you're, like, you're jumping to your seat because you don't really know what it is. But then once you see it, you're like, oh, that's pretty scary. It, like he said, it's different than I thought it would be. But it kind of loses that, that mystery. So you're like, oh, wow, okay. And it's a, it's a beautiful, when, when like he was saying, the Blair Witch, nothing fucking happened. But your imagination just runs wild. And, and like with so many things in life, that can be so dangerous when your imagination runs wild. So I, I just like how he wrote that or, or voiced that. And it, it's interesting now going forward when I see a movie. And, and if it's a scary kind, it's just like you see like how good is it up until you find out what the scary thing is and what it looks like. Because it's probably going to be a lot more scary until you see it. And usually, like he said, the Jaws effect, you put that at the end, right near the end. It's fascinating because you're just like, what the... F it makes sense. It does make a lot of sense. So, I don't know. Maybe you've observed that before me. I didn't really think about it before obviously i just dude guys i just sit down and watch movies i don't really care how believable movies are it, i always think it's funny when you when you watch a, a like a horror movie or like a superhero movie and people start bagging and be like that's not true that couldn't happen like like they're talking about she could there's no way she could destroy that building in like one sweep it would have to take two be like you're forgetting she flies. That's not a real thing either. But it's whatever. It's just I, I just watch movies and then I wait for other people to complain about it. And then I go, oh, I guess that's OK. Something I could have looked at. Like I just 
I just get lost in the movie. I appreciate what what's being set in front of me. It's supposed to entertain you in some fashion, whether it's comedy, action, or just like like we're just talking about here, horror. So uh, start watching horror movies and and see if you notice a difference. Maybe even your the classic ones that you you watch before, like Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. Don't you see him fairly soon? I don't know. I haven't watched those in forever. But I don't know. I, I I find that interesting. Jordan Peele is one of the great minds in Hollywood right now, and I, I think that's neat. It's neat to see him go from straight up comedy, raunchy comedy at times, to to this, to the brilliance of a scary movie. So it's really cool. Hey, thank you guys so much for uh, joining the podcast today. It's a little kind of crazy it's not super crazy headlines i got more of those coming up in the next episode make sure you hit that subscribe button share it with your friends if you're able if you can give it a nice review please thanks so much to superbook sports blake street tavern and of course total beverage in westminster and thornton it's to huff uncensored let's keep moving forward people i'll talk to you next time